Hey, what's up, guys? This is Coach Smith with the String Talking Shop Podcast. My guest today is Coach Taylor Hunt. Taylor Hunt is the assistant strength and conditioning coach at Dakota State University. Um, Taylor and I, we've come close to crossing paths. We both um, worked at Northwest Missouri State. Um, he was there when, at a time when I wasn't there. Um, we both kind of talk about that a little bit of our time at Northwest, how that helped shape us both as coaches. Um, Taylor gives a great story about just kind of his background in Olympic lifting and how that's translated to him to coaching his athletes. And then just, you know, his background and everything that he's done in strength and conditioning. Guys, it's a, it's a great podcast, great episode. Uh, I want to appreciate and thank Taylor so much for coming on here today and uh, recording this episode with me. One th- little bit of the audio is a little bit um, low at times here. That's my bet. I'm getting that cleaned up. So future episodes, we won't have issues like that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening here to these last few episodes. If you want to rate, subscribe to it, that would be awesome. That kind of helps me a little bit here. Uh, thank you to my past guest, Jake Bush, uh, who just had his uh, baby. You guys reach out to him too as well. And then Coach Nick Giblin. Um, thank you so much, guys. And, uh, you know, if you got any questions or any concerns, uh, my social media and emails are attached at the bottom of the podcast episodes. So go ahead and reach out to me if you want to. Um, we got some great guests coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, but again, this episode, Taylor Hunt, good episode, guys. Uh, thank you so much for Taylor coming on. And uh, stay strong. All right, guys, I got Taylor Hunt here on the line. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit here on the Strength Talking Shop podcast. Taylor, how's it going over there? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good here in Elk, Kentucky. Uh, things staying all right there at Dakota State? Oh, yeah. We're finally gotten rid of all our snow, so not the wind up here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's a huge win, man. Hey, um, why don't you go ahead and kind of tell everybody just a little bit of your background real quick, uh, kind of where you came from um, and where you're at now. I kind of took, I had to take a traditional route to get to be a strength coach. I probably followed that more than anything. Went to school at Simpson College in Indianola, Iowa, D3 school. Played football for four years. And during football there, my strength coach at the time came and asked some of us if we'd be willing to do internships in the spring. And I jumped on that opportunity to work there and help them out for two and a half years. That's first semester as an intern to the last two as like a work study situation and then from there I did my first internship after my fourth year of college at University of South Dakota um, reached out to a guy I played ball with who was an assistant there at the time and got set up with an internship spent a summer up there learning from Jevin Bowman at, was there at the time he's now at Tulsa and then from USD I interned in Northern Iowa under Jed Smith and worked with redshirt football and Basketball, men's basketball, and from Northwest, I graduated. From you and I, I graduated. Took us, I took a semester off from doing much. I worked at home, worked for my dad, who's a principal. I worked as a janitor. Uh, it was really fun. Really made me realize what I wanted to do, and wanted to keep kicking down the door to try to get to where I wanted to be. And then while I was working as a janitor, I uh, got a call from Joe Quinlan out of Northwest Missouri State, offered me an internship for the summer down there. And uh, from there, Joe got me set up to be a GA down at 
Penn State, now Pittsburgh, Kansas, where I spent the last two years up until last February. I moved to South Dakota where I'm a, an assistant strength coach here at Dakota State University and we're a NAIA school in just north of Sioux Falls area and working with volleyball, softball, and most of the track and field athletes. And then I help with, with everything else, just keep the flow of the weight room going, doing everything that we need to do to keep our weight room operational and keep kids moving through. Man, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Was there a time, maybe when you were doing the janitor stuff, where you said, maybe strength conditioning's not for me? Or did that, like you said, just kind of fuel the fire a little bit more? And like, man, I need to be getting back into strength conditioning. That's what I need to be doing. Um, well, I mean, I was a, I always worked out, so kind of part of the deal was, what I mean, with my dad is I'm doing this for two weeks mm-hmm. until you find somebody to come in and do it, and then I'm going to go back and either find another internship or go back try to be a GA somewhere and get that set up as soon as I can. And those two weeks turned into being a full semester at a, a middle school night janitor. Um, worked a lot of late nights and was up early because I'd lift at the school before all the high school kids would come in there. And it, it got to a point where it's kind of worrisome that it wasn't going to work out how I wanted it to. Applying to GAs, applying to be a GA somewhere, be a state intern, this and that, whatever kind of find my path and then it got to that point like I said it was it's getting to be a worry like what am I going to do I'm, I don't want to be a janitor the rest of my life and then I just I think it was mid-March Joe called me and I, I took that opportunity to go down and do a, a site visit with him for a couple of days Joe opened his doors let me stay at his house that night and work and observe the weight room and how they flowed that next day and then I called Joe back and I took an internship with him for the summer and that's kind of how I got to where I am now. I, I owe Joe a lot for that and kind of opened the door back open for me and reassured me what I wanted to do. And, but yeah. Man, that's awesome. It was a tough time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, man. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us can – I know I can um, – kind of put myself in those shoes. I was in the same boat at times too. But, you know, Joe's, I think, one of the most underrated guys uh, that nobody knows about over in the uh, Northwest. I know he's probably one of the smartest guys and one of the most humbling guys too as well. Um, so, man, that's awesome to hear. He was awesome. Let me come in and, and he helped me work out and worked around my schedule that summer. Like I was driving back and forth, working a job and trying to help out as much as I could. And he really worked with me and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Man, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, not a lot of people uh, will, will do stuff like that. Let you come stay at their house and, you know, make sure you're taken care of and your family's taken care of. That's, that's huge, man. Um, yeah. So at Dakota State, what's kind of like, how do you guys handle those day-to-day operations? Um, how Kind of how big is your staff? Um you know, it's kind of open-ended question, but, you know, maybe when, when a kid comes in, they're a freshman or something like that, um, you know, what's kind of the process with you guys? How You know, maybe nutrition and stuff like that, teaching them that. Um, I know you Olympic lift yourself too, correct? Yep, I do. Okay. Well, we both. So I'm the uh, I'm the assistant here, my boss here, who was the basketball strength coach at the time of you and I when I interned there, kind of how I got here. Um, we're both Olympic lifting guys, and we be- we believe in what the Olympic lifts can do. But if, if I say that a lot of times, people get 
the conception, like, oh, you're an Olympic lifting guy, you're a powerlifting guy. We're not, we believe in what the Olympic lifts do, and if you can do them, we want you to do them. But if you're, if you have injuries and stuff, we work around those. We're not necessarily the sticklers about it as much as some of the conceptions you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, we started about 5.30. We have football on here for an hour and a half from 6 to 7.30. And at 7 o'clock, football gets off our racks. Our weight room split too, so our racks on one side, our dumbbell space on the other. Um, football gets off the racks, and then they go to the dumbbell side, finish up with their auxiliary lifts. And uh, we get the throwers and volleyball in here at 7. Uh, we got about 13 volleyball players and eight throwers that come in at seven. And then there's a couple basketball guys, uh, about three basketballs a day at seven that have 8 a.m. classes and they have to do their workout before class. And then we're off the racks at seven. Next group comes in at eight. And once eight o'clock's done, we get a, a pretty decent break through the morning. Um, I think we have baseball in the mid morning right now and baseball at mid morning and noon. And then afternoon we get our, at 3 o'clock, we get football back in here for a second group. And then we have our last groups of the day, our women's basketball. And depending on the day, one of the running events, whether it's distance kids come in and lift or it's the sprinters and jumpers that come in and lift at 5 or 5.30, depending on what their schedule is for the week. Um, we have the 5.30 block blocked off for them with a crazy schedule. And weather up here can be pretty hard to run outside and everything. So we got to work around that. Um so that's kind of our schedule for the day. When the, a kid gets in here as a freshman, to answer your question again, to mm-hmm. get back on track, um, we get them in here. A lot of times we open our doors to freshmen in the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I would – they lift at the same time as our older guys. And then they, I'd have half the weight room with freshmen. And we'd be just drilling our technique on our power cleans. Uh, we, we snatch, we power snatch. Um, and then just getting them through and getting them squatting how we want, how we want to squat correctly, squat correctly. Um, and then it's just a lot of technique work for the month of July is when a lot of our freshmen came in last year. And then once camp rolls around, for speaking on football mostly, mm-hmm. football, and then camp rolls around again. We drill technique with everybody again through camp just to keep the movements down. And then it's it's a lot quicker. We all know camp moves fast. You're on a time crunch. you got to get to meetings. you got to get to practice. you got to get to food. Get everything done in a time crunch. We spent about, I think it was about 45 minutes in here a day whenever we lifted for camp. And then kind of we split the groups up from camp. And once camp's over, if you're fortunate enough to make the varsity team, and you're going to play for us. You lift with the varsity guys, which is a lot of the maintaining strength, building strength. Um, just keep working, keep doing everything we've been doing all summer, keep pushing forward to stay as strong as we can to finish our season as strong as we can. And then we take our spectrum back through. And for the guys that weren't able to be here in the summer, and then some of the guys that were here in the summer, we redrill the technique, just keep hammering that technique, technique, technique. And as they're hammering that in, we just start adding weight slowly, just building weight up. And then we kind of let them loose the last four weeks of the season. We get them on some numbers, on percentages. Uh, we've maxed out at that point, and it's more of a traditional workout card at that time. And then once the season's over, we take a break, and then everybody lifts together 
at that point. So once you're once you make it through the freshman season, your freshman semester, you're lifting with everybody. You get we lift seniors, juniors, sophomores. It doesn't matter. It's all based on class schedule, and you do the same stuff. Okay. Um, I'm not really sure if that answered your question exactly, but that's kind of no, no, no. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, just kind of seeing, you know, from an NAI level a little bit on kind of how, you know, you're you're not getting these kids year-round like some places are, um, how you can, when they come in in the summertime, what you're doing and stuff like that. No, that's great. Just mixing their hammer and their technique. And by the time they get done as a freshman, they should be able to graduate and, you know, lift with those guys. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How, how... Summer is not mandatory for those guys at all. So okay. Those guys that come in here, are, they're, spending, they're giving their time to us and – dedicating their summer to helping their teammates out and get ready to roll. So that's, it's awesome to see. Have you guys gotten pretty good buy-in uh, from those summer sessions and just, just those kids with the technique um, and stuff like that, you know, just kind of hammer it and everything? Yeah, we definitely got buy-in. I mean, there's always times we're always trying to keep perfecting it. And not yeah. every kid's here in the summer. That's that's a choice they make to be here. Um, um, so they make that choice to hear they try to get started with it. We kind of use those guys that are here in the summer as kind of their leaders in the fall. Like, hey, you did this this summer. You remember this? Can you demonstrate this for us during the session? And kind of when I would with the, our groups, we would split it up. Um, I'd work with a certain time when he when our head guy was working with a different sport just to kind of work with the flow of things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, today I need you to do this for Joe. To show to demonstrate technique and everything, and it really helped those guys to kind of you can kind of get their leadership started, and then it helps the other guys that weren't able to be here in the summer for whatever reasons to see what they're doing visually, not hear us say it all the time or hear us communicate what we wanted them to do. They can see their teammates doing it and kind of follow along. So it, it's kind of. It allows them to the younger guys to, that were here to become leaders, and then catch everybody else up. So it's really cool to see some of those guys that were able to grow into those roles. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I like that. I mean, you don't see that. I mean, being able to grow as a team, seeing those older guys doing that. I mean, eventually that's going to be you three, four years down the road. That's, I mean, I, I, that's pretty awesome to see that you can get buy-in from those guys to say, hey. If you want to be where I'm at in four years, you know, or three years, these are the things that you got to do, um, being leaders and taking that role in the weight room. Because in, in, in turn, I think that probably makes your job just a little bit easier too. Yeah. We rely on our leaders a lot to keep the flow of the groups going and keep everybody ready to roll and locked in on what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps us, allows us, because there's only two of us to focus on the technique and everything and letting the leaders get the group ready like to hyped up, juiced up, whatever you want to call it, stay locked in and roll on through the workouts, keeping the flow of everything going. Because like like in Northwest, you got it that way. We don't have a huge weight room, so mm-hmm. that flow is huge. And if there's days that the flow's off, it can the timing of everything can back up a bit and with a small weight room it's hard to have to happen. Can make it a, a difficult transition at times. Right, and I, and like you said, I'm from my understanding. It sounds like you have a couple multiple teams in there at times too. So we got to get we got to get yeah. teams in and out because we ain't got enough room and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it it's it's a tricky flow 
getting everybody in and out. Yeah. Now, how – like I reiterated a little bit earlier in the podcast, you Olympic lift yourself. You, you, you compete, correct? Yes, I've done four competitions. Okay. Um, haven't done. I did one last July. I haven't done one since. I just keep training and training and training. And during school, I'm starting. And now that I'm a, a full time assistant, not just a GA, it's the timing of everything. And I have side of the waiver. I have other contract stuff I have to do. I have to work eight days and everything. So it's my schedule is a little hard. So I try to find a leader to do in the summer to do and just give me some training for working. Awesome, man. Hey, so one thing is how, how has that kind of helped you and you being a coach? And, you know, I know under bar experience is huge with guys. How has that kind of helped you teach your athletes? You know, maybe it's a snatch. Maybe it's the hand clean. Maybe it's, you know, the push jerk. How has that kind of helped you being a coach? So when I got here last, I've been here just over a year now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, I'm, I'm not a I'm a quieter guy. I'd sit like first couple weeks of sitting observing. So when they would be here, I'd be lifting as well. So like the afternoon group rolls in as I'm lifting, and it just works, fires. Like this guy does this or whatever. And over the summer, I over I would lift right before an afternoon group, and I I think I, I was statching one day, and one of the guys saw what I was doing and tried it, and got the got a nickname about being the secretary of snatch, and I'm not. That they, they like to call me that, but whatever. And then it just it builds that rapport. It's like, oh, <laughs> this, he knows what he's doing. But uh, and there's a video on Instagram where I was my lift took longer than I wanted, and I was what you don't see in the video is me missing a weight three times before I decide to do something. Probably most people shouldn't do, or I shouldn't have done, is I slide on an extra kilo. And then the football guys are all in there, and I'm getting ready to go. And it's just like a max out session. They helped me get through the lift. And I smoked a, a a big PR, and seeing those guys get juiced up, and I watched the video afterwards. It was it was pretty awesome to see where I built that they I built that rapport with them through my lifting, and then they're able to help me out and get me on keep me on track and help me reach goals as well. So seeing these guys do what they do helps keep me going as well. Man, that's all. That's awesome. I have to check that out there on the Instagram. What's some of the people that that you've kind of taken, you know, um, you know, resources from, or who's influenced you as a coach? Um, I know you talked about uh, Joe. I know you talked about, I'm sure Matt down there at Pitt and everything. Who's some of those people that influenced you? I mean, everybody I've crossed paths with, I've tried to take something from, and uh, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that. And like when I was at USD, it was. Jevin Bowman was the head strength coach at the time, and the assistant was Matt Houston, and the GA at the time was Austin Strode. Um, pull stuff from them, just in there talking. I learned a lot about the tier system from them, um, and I've used that in the past. But in being with Joe, you learn a lot about using the bands and how to keep everything the flow of the weight room. Being here now, Learning from Joe, like the flow of the weight room was huge because he, the, he doesn't have a whole lot of space, but he gets teams in and out, and, and the teams are 
successful and everything. And that was huge in my development as well. And then I go to Pitt State, and then Matt giving me the opportunity down there. Matt Nelson's the head strength coach there. And just being able to see different training methods, him being more of his, his background is more powerlifting, where mine was, where I got my start was Olympic lifting. And just kind of working those and learning different ways to do, to get the same results that you want. It was awesome. And then, like, guys like when I was at UNI, when I, UNI is an Olympic lifting school that based everything around the Olympic lifting. That's where I got tapped out. Um, keeping in touch with all those guys. I still have a guy who's the GA up there at the time I reach out to, and he helps me with my Olympic lifting programs that I run for myself at times. Just the resources I've been able to pile up from them, whether it be my notes. Uh, when I was at USD, I got a lot of e-books and stuff that I've gotten enough that I haven't been able to get through them all, or very many of them. And at UNI, learning about the Olympic system, different systems that they use, they pull a lot from different Olympic lifting powers and translate what they would do for the sport of Olympic lifting into the sport of general sports with football track field um, just whatever they whatever they've been able to incorporate and be successful in a in a top tier FCS program as well was awesome to see and I got notebooks back there that are just full of notes that I I use still and try to look through and look back on and keep pulling from just trying to remember everything and it's hard so I got to go back to the notebooks and help what I've learned in the past to build what I'm going to in the future. Every, everybody I've crossed paths with has been huge. Like Even my parents just allowing me to go on this path and, hey, I need to take internships. Well, how are you going to pay for that? It's like, I don't know. I'll figure, I'm going to figure it out. But being supportive along the way is huge as well. I think that's huge if you have that support system behind you, whether it be your parents, a significant other, other coaches, I know for me, I lean on other coaches big time for that, just that support system. Um, I think that's huge, man. We need that support as coaches because it's not always easy. Some days it's, you know, kind of want to bang your head up against the wall and say, man, what's going on today? Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it's definitely huge to lean on each other because everybody has bad days. We have bad days too. And being able to bounce ideas off each other and everybody having an open door anymore is huge to like – especially young coaches and like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find that my biggest um, hurdles that I, when I jump in those times is talking to people like yourself and seeing, hey, what's what are you doing that's – you're doing different a little, little bit with your softball kid, uh, girls. You know, what can I do with them? I'm having a little bit of trouble here. And, you know, having those open doors and those open discussions instead of being judgmental of, oh, man, like, that's not the way you should be doing that. Instead of maybe try this or maybe look at this. I think that's where we need to kind of go as a profession more is asking those questions and, hey, how can I help you kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I was on Instagram and you can post those stories with those question boxes in there. I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, the basketball strength coach at Butler at the time. Both like, who would you like to connect with in the field? And people would comment back and he would set that connection up and, Seeing the responses that some of the coaches that these younger coaches wanted to connect with was like, hey, shoot me a DM, let's set something up. Like, yeah. That's huge. And that's huge in the development of the, of the field and that younger person. Everything. And it's something like I've, I've never 
be it sliding into the DMs or something hard for people, and it's it's something that I haven't done before. But seeing those coaches able to open their doors to these guys is huge for everything. Development of the younger guy, helping them out, and setting up those connections. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, man. I was terrible at that too at the beginning of, of my career. And I, I've made it a, an emphasis to kind of do that. And it has exponentially grown my knowledge. Um, I mean, I've gone up to uh, Moorhead State here recently quite a bit, a few times in the last month. Shout out to Coach Rhodes and uh, Diamond over there. And just to be able to see that experience, and you don't even really have to go visit somebody. It's making a phone call to them or send up maybe a FaceTime or something like that, I think is absolutely massive. I mean, even anymore, if it doesn't work out to get those, just talk to them, communicate with them. Maybe something's going to work out in the future. Right. It doesn't. Like, just keep those doors open and talking to everybody is huge. Yeah. I, I think I think right there you hit the nail on the head right there. It's just communication. Communication needs to be key with not just other strength coaches, but, you know, with the sports coaches and everything like that too as well. Just keeping that communication because, you know, we're in the uh, – we're in the – Service industry as coaches, you know, that's my belief. We're serving our athletes, so we got to be able to communicate as, as well as we possibly can. So I, I think you nailed it that's, right there on the head. That's definitely something I've gotten better at. Being, I'm, at first, I'm probably one of the quieter guys you would see. But once you get to know me, my boss always tells me that I don't stop talking. <laughs> and just being able to build those doors, and it's like, and I've learned – you have to initiate it a lot of times, especially with these younger kids coming in. And with our smaller teams, like freshman-wise with volleyball last year, we had to lift everybody during fall camp together. Like, they're going to be probably shy and probably a little worried about how it's going to go and everything. And But you got to welcome them in and talk to them, communicate with them, keep them on task. Like, not on task, but getting their buy-in started. And, hey, you have to lift with these guys. I mean, it may, it may be intimidating, but I, I promise you, you can do it. You'll keep up this fine. That's huge. I mean, to me, that's that's the whole that's the holy grail right there is that you are getting buy-in from the athletes, but they're earning your trust, and you show that you really you really care with them too. Um, you know, I can hear that in your voice and kind of what you're talking about, and being able to show the athletes that we truly, truly care. I mean, it's cool. It's cool for us to see them do the things that they do, but we want to see than progressing in the weight room and progressing outside of the weight room, whether that be in life and on the field, too. I mean, that's what it's all about. Definitely. And it's more than just getting them down here. It's going – I try to go to every home game I can um, to check those out. And like I said, I have other contract stuff I have to do, so I have to work scoreboard or whatever the event is. I have to do something that. And, that, and I try to get that stuff so where when I'm doing that, I'm doing that with the team that I work directly with. Right. That's so they – I can be there and support them and watch them do what they do and see what if it and when they're successful you can see the translation and the excitement. Oh, the way you're helping them do that, it's awesome to see. And then it and it in turn helps everything flow together and just keep going up and up, keep raising the elevator going up before every time, however you want to look at it. Right. What's uh what's some of your be- uh like best resources that you listen to, whether it be podcasts YouTube, books, I mean, what what's what's going on with you right now? What are you using and where are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading a book. It's called Coffin Corner. I'm kind of, my dad's a history teacher. I grew up in a history classroom. 
So I like history. I get outside of the strength and conditioning field with my books a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm reading about the Coffin Corner. It, the Coffin Corner Boys is what it's called. It's about um, pilots, the most vulnerable corner of the bomber squadrons because when they would go on bombing missions in World War II, they'd have hundreds of bombers going and their plane gets shot down and just reading about how everyone with different paths got them out of the war I believe they all got out alive. I haven't quite finished it yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, spoiler alert, I believe they all get out alive, get out, whether the, some of them got captured and occupied France at the time, some of them made it with the French underground, helped get out successfully, and just seeing the different path, and, and you can turn it like, athletes aren't soldiers or whatever, but their positive mindset, when things were hard for them in World War II, I feel, I feel like that can translate to life and sports and everything. Um, so I, I read a lot of history books. Um, just bought a book last weekend called Culture Code by, and I forget the author's name, it's back on my desk. Um, Culture Code, yeah, I saw that on Instagram from another coach. Um, anything training related, I, I, I'll i read it, I can read it. Um, I read a lot of journals, I try to read the journals through the NSCA when you get that email out. Um, and then podcast. Any podcast I can. I went, I'm pretty sure I finished all the uh, Elite FTS podcasts, which isn't running anymore. That was a big one for me when I was in college. Um, it helped me just keep learning and be ready to go into my internships just with different knowledge base so I could keep up and ask questions. On, oh, I heard this. How this work? Would you guys do this? That kind of stuff. So that one was a big one for me. That was about three years ago, I believe, now almost four Um Listening to Gage's podcast, my cross paths with Gage Roger um, when I did my site visit down in Northwest, and I just following him along and reading or listening to his podcast, the Big Time Strength Podcast is awesome to see. Talking to smaller strength coaches, smaller school strength coaches, or high school coaches with Preston mm-hmm. and um, following that one along. And then you always got to go to YouTube, has everything. I've learned that. You can find whatever you want on YouTube. Um, a big one for me is Counts Great. Um, Cal Strait does a lot of combine stuff with football players. Um, and then they're a huge Olympic weightlifting team. And uh, you can find some technique videos and everything that maybe I am seeing something differently where I can see it with them or get other keys from them that maybe can click with someone else. Okay, well, so not everybody, not everything works for everybody. So I got to try to find tools to get whatever it clicks with them to get them in their head. Right, yeah. I think YouTube's huge. That's, that's a big one for me is YouTube. I mean, I can go on there and look up and everything. The Elite, the Elite Podcast, massive, man. That, I'm with you. That's what I listen to on a lot of my internships and everything like that. And, of course, big time with Gage. Shout out to them boys right there. So, um, I appreciate you coming on here, man. Let, let me get you off here with a couple real quick questions. Uh, since it is WrestleMania today, favorite WWE star? I did. I, uh, I got in trouble growing up, jumping off the back of the couch, and over the couch and trying to pile drive my little brother, whatever. We got in trouble for that, and we weren't necessarily allowed to watch it as much as we did. Um, but I'm going to go Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin was a good one. I like it, man. All right, well, hey, I appreciate you coming on, Taylor. Um, I hope you know people listen to this and they, they get a lot out of it. I got a whole page of notes here. Um, and I appreciate you coming on here, man, and – I'll put all your stuff on here so people can get a follow to you. Thank you, ma'am. No problem. Thanks for having me.